What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And in today's episode, we will be talking about the recent news in the NBA. Everything big that's going on, we'll be talking about. So let's start it off with one of the biggest trades we've seen in recent history, and this is the James Harden trade. And things were getting ugly real quick, Henry, in Houston with James Harden. I mean, he was outing his teammates, disrespecting them, I would say and saying how the situation in Houston cannot be fixed, already giving up on the team. I mean, there was no room for him in that locker room anymore after his comments made the other night. And the next day, he was traded to the Brooklyn Nets, creating, I think, the best super team in the NBA currently out of any of the teams. I mean, this for sure is the most star power. These Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving expecting he comes back sometime this season, James Harden and Kevin Durant. This Brooklyn Nets team is now very scary. So what do you think about this whole trade? Andrew, for the Nets, this this is finals or bust. Not to win the finals, but if they don't get to the finals, it's a disappointment. Even without Kyrie Irving, you have two of the top seven players in the NBA right now, without a doubt. And if you can't get to the finals in the Eastern Conference, that's embarrassing. I don't want to hear any excuses for them. I don't want to hear about chemistry. I don't want to hear about coaching. I don't want to hear about anything. It's a failure of a season if they don't reach the finals, if everyone stays healthy and they have at least two of the three of those guys, most likely KD and James Harden. For the Rockets, they made out like bandits, I have to admit. I mean, they got four first-round picks. for the And those years that they're not getting the first-round picks, they're getting the better of the two between the Nets and the Rockets picks. So they're always going to have the best pick possible between those two teams for the next 10 years. They also got Victor Oladipo, who may not want to be there, but for the time being could help them possibly make the playoffs this year. So I think the part that we're not mentioning about this trade, Andrew, to be honest with you, is the Indiana Pacers part. And they got Karis LeVert, which was kind of a finesse move because we knew that Victor Oladipo didn't want to be there. He was on an expiring contract, and now they got a much cheaper, a much younger, much higher potential shooting guard who's under contract till 2023. So I think that honestly, the Pacers and even the the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers for some reason decided to get another center, but Jared Allen, Torian Prince for a first round pick in 2024, I think was also good. So there's a lot of, I think overall, I think every team benefited for, I wouldn't say there was really any, really any downside to any of these teams. Yeah, I really think all of these teams won their respected deals in this trade. I mean- Like you said, the Nets just became finals contenders. Not only were they finals contenders before, but now this trade probably makes them the favorite to win it all in the NBA. Just got their third star, and James Harden is probably the best scorer in the NBA. So that's incredible. The Cavs get two young guys and Jared Allen, who's one of the best rim protectors in the NBA, and Torian Prince, who's another uh, solid young guy. Pacers get Karis LeVert, who I would say is probably one of the more underrated players in the NBA right now and very young. And they got a second round pick, right? And then the Rockets, honestly, I think they might have won this trade out of anyone. You got Victor Oladipo, who is a solid replacement for James Harden and won't create chemistry issues, most likely, and could probably get you to the playoffs with your current roster. And maybe you re-sign him in the offseason, who knows? He's probably gone, but for the time being, solid guy to add to your team. Dante Axum, solid. And then four first-round picks and four first-round pick swaps. 
for James Harden. I mean, that's the Rockets did this perfectly. And I, I don't know how else to say this, but I think the Rockets might have won this trade over any of the teams that are in this trade as well. The Nets obviously won it for the time being because I really think this could take them from being just finals contenders to being the finals favorite this trade. But long term, I truly think the Rockets won this trade by getting those four first round picks, four first round pick swaps, and of course, Victor Oladipo, but that probably won't be a long term addition to their team. But let's move on to our next topic. And we're just going to be talking about how the NBA is like in flames right now due to COVID. I mean, it seems like almost every team is having COVID issues in the NBA right now. This is probably as bad as we've seen it since February, March, when COVID started coming up in the United States. So what do you think about all this? And do you think the NBA can get it figured out? To be honest, Andrew, probably not. I mean, this is why in our state, Michigan, obviously, they, they're not allowing uh, high school basketball to play games right now. They're only allowing non-contact practices. It makes sense. I mean, you see the NBA, they, they, they've tightened their restrictions so much to the point where these players can barely do anything. And some of these players are furious. So I would understand these players continuing to basically go against the rules that Adam Silver is putting out because they're obviously angry and they're obviously frustrated with what's going on. So I don't see it getting any better. And you see realistically two games at least per night at this point being canceled. And it has a lot to do with, I think the three or four major outbreaks right now are with the Suns, the Wizards and the Celtics. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward, especially with those tighter restrictions being put in place. But I honestly don't think that changes anything and it's really only going to get worse. Yeah. And we saw with the 76ers as well, I believe they had to play with seven players one night. I mean, how ridiculous, like, is this what the NBA has come to this season? That's just crazy. And I think we might be seeing that more of this season. I really don't see a way where these cases, especially in the NBA, start slowing down. I mean, when these guys are traveling, they're not in a bubble, traveling all over the country, it's bound to happen. And we're seeing it start to happen, not even 10 games into the season. We already started seeing COVID cases and outbreaks within teams and organizations. I mean, it was bound to happen with all this traveling. We all knew it was most likely going to happen. It was just a matter of when. And we saw it basically right when the season started, we started seeing cases. And I believe the 76ers outbreak started first. And after that, it was just awful across the NBA. I mean, more and more teams started having outbreaks. So I don't see this getting much better, honestly. I believe the NBA season will be played out, of course, because I mean, the NBA has to make money. It's a business. And if they if they have to play to make money, that's what they're going to do. They're going to do everything in their power to play because, once again, they want to make money. So do I think this will continue throughout the season? Yeah, most likely. I expect COVID cases and outbreaks uh, within teams to start popping up every now and then throughout the season. But do I expect the NBA to stop playing all of a sudden? No. Honestly, Andrew, I see a situation where the season could end up being postponed for a matter of time and they try and tighten the restrictions or figure out something that works because obviously we know right now what is happening is not working. And I know we can agree on that, whether we think the season will or will not be postponed. We can both agree with that. What's going on right now is obviously not working. 
So something has to change. They tighten the restrictions. I don't think that's going to change a lot because the players are obviously frustrated and they don't really like what Adam Silver is doing. I mean, they were all in favor of the bubble because they wanted to play, but this is a bubble type atmosphere, not inside the bubble. And these players basically are just locked in their hotel rooms from time to time. And these are grown adults. So they really don't listen to what anyone else says. So I think the NBA is in serious danger of being postponed. I know there haven't been many talks of it, but if this continues, I definitely see a situation where it gets paused. Yeah, but do you think there's a chance where the NBA gets moved to a bubble or multiple bubbles? Because, of course, now we can't trim the team number of teams down that enter the bubble because we're not in the playoffs or playing regular season. So do you possibly see them going into a bubble or multiple bubbles? I, I do. I, I completely do. Because the NBA, like you said, has to make money. And they're not benefiting from playing these games in home arenas because no one has fans. I mean, it, they're only – I mean, maybe there's like five teams that have fans, the Pelicans, the Raptors, the the Magic, the, the Hawks. I don't even know who has fans at this point. It's basically just teams in the South, the – the Rockets do and the Spurs probably do and the Mavericks. But I mean, it doesn't make a huge difference other than for those like five or six teams. So for them to continue to stick with not playing in a bubble, I think it's ultimately a wrong decision. If the players would rather do that, I think it makes a hundred percent sense to move it back to a bubble. If they're able to get it started within a month's time. Yeah, but the problem was with the bubble is it was such a production to put on the playoffs. Imagine another 16 to 14 more teams, however many it is. I mean, this would be a really big production and cost a lot of money for the NBA to do. And once again, this is a business. They're looking at the money aspect of it. And I don't know if they're willing to put on that whole production of the bubble again, especially for a longer period of time with it only being the regular season and only about 12, 13 games into the regular season. I just don't know if the NBA is willing to put up that type of production, that type of money to put into another NBA bubble or at this point, multiple bubbles, who knows? Honestly, Andrew, the inevitable thing that I think believe that I believe will happen. I believe the season is going to be shortened in some type of way. I think ultimately there's not going to be 72 games. No, not a single team will play probably more than 60 games, not because of COVID, just because they're going to, they're they're going to shorten the season. They want to finish the season and the playoffs make the most money. So eventually they'd rather just play playoff games because they make more money. So I think playing regular season games that only just open more opportunities for COVID is just pointless. So I, doubt that we'll end up seeing a full 72 game season yeah and we're already getting all these games being postponed already so we're already seeing games being missed so i wouldn't be surprised if they they're just like hey maybe we need to cut this season off at a certain point maybe trim it because we need to keep our guys safe and we need to make sure we're able to get to the playoffs and maybe limiting the amount of games they play is the way to do it but let's move on to our final topic and this is our way too early MVP. So, Henry, who is your way too early MVP of the NBA season so far? Andrew, it's probably Steph Curry. I mean, this is this is a topic that it, it's very hard to, to judge right now. 
But Steph Curry, what he's doing for the Warriors. Actually, to be honest with you, if we're talking about most valuable player for any team right now, it's Draymond Green. But that's a to- totally different story for another time, and we can have that discussion. And I will argue that for years about Draymond Green being the most valuable player, arguably, in the NBA. But Steph Curry, what he's doing right now with not a very talented team, he's putting up ridiculous numbers. He's still shooting, I think, above 40% from three. And every night, he's leading this Warriors team to a win. So I think right now, even even though the guys may have better stat lines for him, but what he's doing with such a depleted roster, I mean, I think his team as of now is in the playoffs. So for a team like that to be in the playoffs and only behind the Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Trailblazers, Suns, and Mavericks, I mean, and ahead of Denver, ahead of New Orleans, ahead of a bunch of teams, I, I think you have to give it to Steph Curry right now, Andrew. Yeah, and I actually really appreciate you brought up Draymond Green. Even though he's technically not going to be in the MVP race, he is one of the most valuable players to any team, especially the Warriors in the NBA. Right now, they have a winning record with him back, and he is just so valuable to this team. And the people who are oblivious and don't know basketball are going to look at the stat line and say, oh, he averages five points, six rebounds, five assists. That's an awful stat line. Look at Steph Curry is averaging 27 points or whatever. I don't know what Steph Curry is averaging, but I I assume it's in the high 20s. And people are going to be like, oh, look at Paul George. He's averaging 25 points, six rebounds, five assists. Draymond Green can't do that for his life. Well, Draymond Green does everything possible that's not in the Especially when Paul George doesn't do that. exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Paul George doesn't exactly win in the playoffs. We've seen Draymond Green do that, but... That, that's aside from the point. What I'm saying is Draymond Green gets the things done that isn't shown in the stat line and isn't shown in the box score at the end of the game. But in terms of way too early MVP right now, I think you have to give it to Joel Embiid. I mean, I, I wouldn't think I would be saying this at this point in the NBA season, but he's playing so well, Henry. He's doing everything for the Sixers. I did not expect the Sixers to be this good this season. I really expected them to have chemistry issues and to really struggle and probably be on the lower half of the Eastern Conference, but like seven or eight or something. But they're they're playing very well. They're at top of the Eastern Conference, and Joel Embiid is definitely leading the Sixers team to possibly finish number one in the Eastern Conference, which is an incredible feat. Also, I have to mention Nikola Jokic, Paul George, Steph Curry, Giannis. I mean, they're all doing incredible things. I think they can all be in the race. But right now, Joel Embiid is doing some pretty nasty things on the court. He's averaging a double-double by a lot. I'm pretty sure it's something like 27 points and around 12 rebounds, 13 rebounds. I'm not exactly sure on those numbers, but Joel Embiid is playing very well, and he's leading the Sixers team to a very great start to this regular season. Yeah, Andrew, and I think we both know that this is like way too early. You can't really judge MVP this early in the season, and it's going to be a very fluid situation. I mean – for all we know, John Morant, who's played four games, could win MVP. I mean, we just don't know. It's such a fluid situation, and it's really early. But I have a question for you before we wrap up today's topic. Obviously, we know Tom Izzo, the Michigan State basketball coach, is becoming older, and you mentioned Draymond Green. What are your thoughts on Draymond Green possibly being the successor to Tom Izzo at Michigan State in the future? You know, he has the IQ to be able to be a coach. 
but I don't know if right out the gates you give the keys to Draymond Green, who at the at the time I assume he wouldn't have coached in his life. I mean, maybe if he takes an assistant or assistant coach job in the NBA or with the Warriors, possibly when he retires and gets into coaching more, maybe you give him the keys at Michigan State if Tom Izzo uh, retires or something. But and also for those who don't know, Draymond Green did attend Michigan State and was a very phenomenal player at Michigan State. But I, I I definitely think Draymond Green could be one of those players who turn into a player coach. I mean, he already is basically a coach on the floor for this whole Warriors team. He's coaching all the rookies, coaching all the players. He's a very talented uh, player in terms of his IQ. Not many basketball players have the IQ of Draymond Green. So I could definitely see him being a coach at some point. But it depends on the timeline of when Izzo retires. But I could possibly see Draymond Green poss- being a coach at Michigan State one day. Who knows? I don't know if it will be immediately after Tom Izzo. But if a job is open and he will be interested at coaching at the time, I could definitely see him taking on a coaching role just because of how smart he is and how high his basketball IQ is. I mean, Draymond Green fits what Michigan State basketball is as a player, as a person, as a coach. He's a well-respected person around the league. He voices his opinions, and he he doesn't sugarcoat anything like Tom Izzo, and he probably learned that from Tom Izzo. I mean, there's a reason why Draymond Green is one of the most respected players in the league. It's because of Tom Izzo, and the things that Tom that or that Draymond Green could bring to Michigan State, to be honest, are even more beneficial than what Tom Izzo does. I mean, he's more experienced as a player. He's obviously a phenomenal player's coach. People love him. And I, I think it even helps recruiting because playing for a guy like Draymond Green, I think a lot of people would enjoy that knowing his NBA history. It just, it's a lot like Juwan Howard at Michigan. So I think it's a very interesting thing to talk about. And I would not be opposed to having uh, Draymond Green being the successor of Tom Izzo at Michigan state. Well, Henry, you said he's a very well-liked guy around the NBA and I think, or respected guy. And I really think, that his play might be respected, but I don't know if necessarily all of the NBA respects him just because he's had his controversies in the past. I, I would say that people respect his, his, his thoughts off the court and just him as a player, but I don't think people real necessarily might respect his like overall personality or his, his past. I mean, he's become a much different player than what he was like two, three years ago. I mean, he was, he was kick you in the mouth, dirt, kind of rub it, rub it into you type of guy. Now he's more of a laid back. I wouldn't say laid back, but he's more about helping other people than just getting up, getting up in other people's faces because he realizes what his worth is and his role on his team, which I definitely like about him. I just think he plays with a certain type of intensity. Not everybody loves playing against. You see all his teammates love him, but not necessarily when you're playing up against him, kind of like Patrick Beverly type thing. But I think Beverly takes it to another extreme, I would say. But they're both very intense players that you love to have on your team, but you don't necessarily love playing against. That's where I think people might, might not love him on the court. But of course, off the court, he, he's a very well-respected player when he voices his opinions on social justice and stuff like that, so problems around the world. When he voices uh, his opinions on that type of stuff, he's very well 
uh, with he does very well with that. And of course, on the court, you said, and both of us agreed on him being such having such a high basketball IQ and basically being a player coach. So yeah, I could definitely see him taking a coaching job one day. Who knows if it'll be at Michigan State or in the NBA, but he's definitely the type of guy who after he retires, he will look into coaching because that's just how smart of a player he is. Yeah, Andrew, I think that's 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 probably enough uh, deriding Draymond Green for today, I think. So I think this is a good time to wrap up today's podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. We hope you did enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.